We're saying goodbye to Windows 7, hello to Edge, and of course, I've got a little bit more Xbox info for you. What's up everybody, Brad here, and welcome uh, back to the show, if you will. It is, well, the second half of January. This month is plowing on through. A lot going on in the tech world. We've got Microsoft announcements this week. We've got some Xbox stuff. And uh, the timestamps, as always, are down in the description below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening to your favorite audio player, uh, well, unfortunately, you're a little bit out of luck. That being said, this week, Microsoft officially set sail to Windows 7, although I think for the vast majority of people, this doesn't really matter because either A, you just don't care and you're just going to run the OS either way and you don't really care what Microsoft does, or you're a corporate enterprise entity and you already have paid for additional uh, servicing. So you're going to continue to get patches post, well, January 14th of this week. And so likewise, life is probably fine for you either way. One of the neat things that Microsoft did announce this week is that they are not just going carbon neutral, they're gonna be going carbon negative. They have announced that, hey, they are going to try to claw back all the carbon that they have put out into the Earth's atmosphere over the company's entire lifetime. Um, They're working towards new initiatives. It's kind of hard to look at this in any way other than positive, but Microsoft is trying to do their part to keep the planet a little bit healthier. And it, I think we could all benefit from that. And so good job, Microsoft. I don't think there's, there, there's really no way to spin that negatively. I don't think, I don't think. Um, also happening this week, Microsoft's brand new Edge browser is now out and available. You can go grab that, the stable channel. It is available for everybody worldwide. And when I say worldwide, it comes in a whole bunch of different languages. And if you downloaded it on day one, it was a roulette wheel of what language you actually got. Microsoft had a little bit of issue uh, getting the new browser out of the gate. And it was downloading in various languages for people who were trying to get in English. It showed up in, well, a bunch of different languages. So there you go. That is a little bit of teething issues for what has been otherwise a great browser. Um, there were some great headlines that Edge is the new Chrome killer, which I honestly find hilarious because they're both based on Chromium rendering engine. So it's really like Chrome is killing Chrome, um, but I don't even think Edge is killing anything. Like anytime somebody calls a product an X product killer, it never works out. Remember all those iPhone killers from Motorola and, and all those companies back in the day? And yeah, how'd that work out for them? And so, uh, yeah, anytime you call something a killer, hmm. Whatever. Uh, Microsoft also announced a bunch of new education-focused PCs this week. If that is your jam, you should go check all those out. They range in various price points, and price points, and they have a lot of different features and functionalities. And of course, a lot of them are always connected as well. And I believe there's a couple ARM options too, if you want to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, Microsoft is also updating the calculator in Windows 10, hooray, I guess. Uh, but they're actually bringing new graphing functionality to it, which is kind of neat. And TI-83, eat your heart out, which is already an overpriced thing. It'd be great if schools would move towards the Windows 10 calculator because that's free and that saves people money. And that's always, uh, that's always a good thing, right? Always a good thing. Um, last thing. Here, Microsoft is talking a little bit more about some of their activities. Actually, I think most people know about Build already later this year, but be looking for uh, more information coming that here in the near future. So, uh, on to the Xbox news, by the way. Microsoft announced console streaming. Yeah, you know, that thing that they announced a, uh, a few weeks back. It's now coming to every insider, regardless of where you are in the world. So, this is cool. You can stream games from your own console as long as you're an insider. It's not generally available yet, but... 
um, it should be getting there soon. And so it's no longer geographic locked um, to the United States or whatever it was available. One of the other big questions that comes in a lot frequently is what about xCloud for iOS? Um, the last I heard is that it's still in kind of rough shape. It's getting there, although Microsoft has not had the same success or performance as they do yet on Android devices. There's obvious reasons for this about how Android and iOS are built, um, but it's still in development, but I'm not expecting it to come out like next week, like some rumors were suggesting. So um, one of the other questions too, I think this came up a couple weeks ago, I believe I maybe even Mr. PKI may have asked it. Somebody asked, um, they said, hey, what version of what OS is Series X running? And so I've been asking around trying to figure it out. And while I don't know a specific number, I can tell you that the, the OS that is currently running on the Xbox Series X uh, looks a lot like the Xbox dashboard you're using today. So it's really, you're just getting a lot of that performance under the hood, and that's the biggest changes at this time. Um, there's a couple of minor tweaks that I'm not gonna mention yet, but overall, like if you put the two side by side, most users would probably not notice the difference. Obviously, other than playing the games, there's massive performance implications, um, which is always a good thing. So there you go. Um, let's see, Stadia is also getting 120 games this year, and that's the plan, 120 games, 10 of which will be exclusive. So we don't quite uh, fully know the whole list yet, but hey, that's what Stadia's got to do. I think it's going to be, if Stadia survives, it's going to be a very long, slow boil. It's not going to be something that people just flock to um, overnight. It'll get there if they stick with it and they put the money into it. So there you go. There you go. Um, we got some more Lockhart information floating around right now. I'm not quite ready to dig into it, but um, we'll talk about that here in the near future. Uh, but let's dive into the questions. The questions are always my favorite part of the week. I'm going to refresh the thread. And here we go. Uh, Robin asks us, since this month's Patch Tuesday is critical, I have been checking update and security in settings very often. Uh, However, all the new updates are for security intelligence updates for Windows Defender and virus related. Am I doing the right thing? My PC is running Windows 10 Pro version 1909. Yes, if you are checking for updates, um, that is all you need to do. You will be fine, and I would not be too worried about it, honestly, at this point. As long as you're not a nation state, you more than likely don't have too much to worry about. Uh, an old Amiga user says, regarding the Surface Pro X and Windows on ARM, what is the performance like? Would you compare to an Atom or an i3 or older dual core chips? So it's definitely better than an Atom. An Atom is, is really bad performance. So it's definitely better than actually I've used it a couple of times this week. Um, it's fine. It, if you're looking for something to browse the web, email, watch YouTube, you will be more than happy with it. It's it's fine from that perspective. As for exactly what would I compare it to, maybe a last gen i5, dual core i5 would probably feel about right. I mean, it's not the snappiest thing on the planet. If you want the high performance, just go for the Surface Pro 7. Uh, but I personally quite like the Surface Pro X. I take it with me when I'm traveling for the most part for casual use and emails, you know, just light productivity tasks. It's perfect for that. Uh, is it compatible with external hard drives? Yes. Uh, will it down photos from a camera? It should. I've not personally tried that, but it should. And have you had any hardware driver issues? Nope. Um, are you running ARM version of Kredge? I, I am running the ARM version of that, so that does help. Um, do you think Windows on ARM is ever going to make it to main, make it mainstream? I think it will. It, it's kind of it'll make it mainstream once you can't really tell that you're running it. Right now, you can definitely feel it, it, because there's not that high end performance application. Um, performance yet. But once Microsoft truly figures that out, I think it has a chance. It has a much better chance going mainstream this time around than it does on the past two previous efforts. Uh, 
Eric Palms 200 says, will the Xbox One X be getting support for Dolby Vision on Blu-ray player? Oh, that's a specific question. It's weird how Dolby Vision is supported on the streaming apps on Xbox, but not the actual Blu-ray player app. Do you know if this feature is coming to the Xbox or will they want you to add it uh, or will they wait to add it to the Xbox Series X? I honestly have no idea. I don't use Blu-rays. I think I own exactly one Blu-ray. Uh, that I bought when we bought the, our first Blu-ray player nine years ago. Um, and so I, I don't use them. So unfortunately, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Dave says, as I brought Dave here, my comment is part of the marketing part, wishful thinking. Wouldn't it be cool if Microsoft acquired Fire Access? Yes, it would. Uh, stay with me here. Imagine the company that brings you Xbox and xCloud is bringing you XCOM. Uh, would fit right into the company. Apparently love with the letter X. Yes, they absolutely love the letter X in 2020. Maybe Microsoft could bring XCOM to Game Pass. That would be very helpful. I'd be loving that. Uh, they would work. That would work. Uh, that would work too. Either way, uh, I'm interested in seeing what Microsoft has in store for us with Gears Tactics. It would love for them to buy them. I think, they, aren't they based? I think they're based out of Maryland. So they're a US company. That would be cool. That would be cool. Uh, Rambono5 says, hey, Brad, longtime listener, second time poster. Uh, I'm moving to a new apartment and I'm looking to purchase a new TV. You have been talking uh, about buying one or you may already have one by now. I still need to catch up on what, a couple episodes. Outside of the size and 4K, I am lost in the multitude of options. Uh, series 678 by Samsung uh, that TV manufacturers have and any recommendations you have. Which TV did you pick or leaning to and why things in advance? So here's... Here's a couple things to think about, and this is what has really persuaded my decision-making purchasing process. Um, if you are gonna be buying the Xbox Series X and you want the best possible gaming experience that you can get today with a TV you're gonna buy, you wanna find a TV that has HDMI 2.1 because it supports variable refresh rate and a couple other features that you will need or that the Xbox Series X can take advantage of. So that is my first bit of advice. If that applies to you, your options are pretty limited. And actually that's probably why I'm gonna end up with an LG C9 because it does support HDMI 2.1. Now, that is also an OLED TV. Stepping down from there, the next kind of tier of TVs are what are called quantum or QLED TVs. You see them from Samsung QLED or uh, Vizio calls it quantum. It's like quantum dot, just look for quantum or whatever. Um, those are really good LCD or LE, I think they're LEDs, but um, picture quality. That's kind of like your middle ground, middle to high ground. And then, and then down from there, my I have a light and it just kind of rolled over because the mount is not tight enough. And then below that is just kind of like your standard TV. So when you see uh, Samsung like 6, 7, and 8, those are all below QLED. So QLED is a better performance than OLED as the top. So depending on what you need and depending on what you want to buy, there you go. My personal opinion here is for me, HDMI 2.1 takes priority over QLED, AML, or OLED, uh, everything else. So I look for 2.1. That is what I would do personally. Um, if not, otherwise, I think you can get away with like a four or $500 TV and be extremely happy. The difference between a QLED and a non-QLED TV or quantum TV isn't nearly as big of a jump as say a QLED to an OLED TV or OLED. So keep that in mind. Hopefully that helps. Um, but if you have unlimited budget, I would go grab an LG C9. Uh, Sydney 2K says, one thing that will be different from the initial manufacturing of the Series X to the One will be that many of the units coming out uh, maybe utilize as server blades for X. Sort of. Uh, I have heard that Scarlet units 
uh, be it Series X or Lockhart, will be replacing the Xbox One Blades currently uh, in xCloud beta. Have you heard any thoughts about the timing of the replacement for the S Blades? And my main question is whether the volume of units is increased for the original one, etc. Uh, in other words, could the cost of advanced tech built into the SCART, including ray tracing hardware and proprietary SSD technology, be offset by the economies of bulk production enough to make the difference between a Series X costing five, five fifty, or six hundred dollars? So you're not wrong here. You you have a good train of thought. I, the idea here is that hey, the more of a console you build, the lower it costs to actually build each individual unit. It's economies of scale. We this is just how economics works. And so his thought or his process here is that hey, if they're going to put these in servers, that means they're going to be building more of them and it might help lower the cost. You're not wrong. Um, when are they going to replace the Xbox One S blades? Uh, Xbox One S, yes. Uh, blades that are currently used. I believe, I'd have to go back and look at some of my notes. I believe it's 2021, which makes sense. They're not going to give the first run of the Anaconda or Lockhart stuff to the servers. They want to get those out to the consumers that direct to sale. They need to get people using them. And they can update the server blades iteratively when the timing makes sense. So 2021 more than likely makes sense, but will they put that into their cost projections? Yes. The other thing that the reason why I hesitate just a little bit here is I've heard different opinions about when we, when we think like currently they literally just took Xbox one S's and like shoved them in a data center. And that was that when they move to full production, Anaconda or Lockhart, I don't know if it's truly going to be a one for one, like, you know, rather than this going over to little Timmy, we're just going to put it in a server type scenario. They might be more customized uh, for the server environment rather than the true like home console market. So there might be slight deviations from what we actually see. Um, Ignormic says, do you know the exact specs or GPU or CPU of Lockhart? Is it using Gen Z, uh, or Navi like the series X? Do I know the exact specs? No. Do I have a pretty darn good idea of what they're going to be doing and what they're targeting? I do. Um, it's going to, from my understanding, it's going to be the same core components just scaled down. So just, you know, interpret that how you will. Also, what if Lockhart is going to be a completely different thing? Maybe not even a console, handheld laptop, handheld laptop. Is that why there's barely any info on it? So he hits a good point here. There's There really is barely any info on Lockhart, although I think that might be changing here in a not too distant future. Um, I've heard some like crazy rumors that it wasn't a console at all, but I I don't know if I believe those quite yet. So we will, we will see, we will see. Uh, Torch Atlas says, he says, what's the future of background acrylic seen in the old edge calculator, etc." So my... It's really weird. Microsoft has this acrylic effect. They have Fluent. They have all this stuff. That, now they've been really pushing Fluent lately. They just released like 300 icons or something like that. Um, I don't quite know what the future of acrylic is. The, the thing that I keep hearing is that Windows doesn't have like a huge priority focus for this year because a lot of people at Microsoft were shoved over to the Jedi contract. Um, as long as they continue to win that, obviously they are dealing with the court cases and all that good stuff. Um, but um, I wouldn't expect like any major shifts from their current strategy, which probably doesn't bode well for acrylic. Um, Skittles says, uh, with the launch of the new edge browser on the PC and phone, will Xbox get the new edge browser or at least get its icon updated? I explicitly asked this to Microsoft. Actually, I had, there's a video on Wednesday. I mean, go back to watch it too, but it's basically the same thing. Uh, Microsoft said no comment. They, were, they weren't commenting on when they were gonna update edge for the Xbox. So I don't, I don't think they just forgot about it, but I suspect that the usage on the console is very low. And I bet that they could just change the icon and be done with it. 
um, but we will see. There was no official statement on what or when it's going to be changed. Um, and then he says, what's the fate of Word, Excel, PowerPoint mobile apps on Windows as of now? That's a good question because Microsoft has these mobile versions which you could go download, but I don't think they're going away, but I can't see them being a priority, especially with the complete demise of Windows 10 mobile now being completely unsupported. So uh, Thrust Bucket says, I have a theory that Microsoft has planned its Series X chip design in a way that many chips that don't a bin for Series X will end up as Lockhart chips. That's a completely plausible theory. Uh, this explains why Lockhart exists in the first place when it looks to be roughly the same power as the Xbox One S, or X, Xbox One X, I should say. It may also explain why they have not officially announced Lockhart because they need to get a better idea of chip yields, which they can't know until they have full production underway. Does this sound plausible? It sounds extremely plausible. Well, one of the, there's also, a, I think, a step you're missing there too. One of the reasons why they need the Lockhart or, or they would go that route and not just keep producing the Xbox One X and be like, hey, that's our new entry level thing um, is because Xbox One X is built on the Jaguar chip and that is a very old technology and it's missing stuff. And if they can make the Anaconda or what I believe is codenamed Arden chip set um, at, at the same performance characteristics as the Xbox One X, it, it's a big win for them because then they're only producing one chip or at least one chip design and it's a modern chip and they should be able to get better yields as opposed to the much, much, much older uh, AMD Jaguar cores. And also it should make it, it should in theory, make it easier for developers to scale between the two rather than having to deal with um, just sort of the lingering characteristics of Jaguar. They can say, hey, look, these new chips, they have exactly the same feature sets. One just runs at lower performance and one runs at really, really high performance and we can kind of target the same same stuff here. So um, it's not, I, I don't think you're too far off though. Uh, Abranacker says, how do you think Microsoft is going to include, uh, uh, how do you think Microsoft is going to include xCloud into Game Pass? Uh, will they include it as ultimate or will they create an extra tier for it? All they said right now is that it is included in Game Pass. I don't think they would add a new tier. That would be nuts. I think it's just going to be one of those benefits that you get as kind of a freebie, like sign up for Game Pass and here you can play your games anywhere. I think for a while it's just going to be that way until they get to the point that um, xCloud is truly able to replace a home console. I think it's just going to kind of live as this extra benefit that you get right up until it becomes its own product. Uh, but I think we're a couple years, if not longer, away from that. Uh, Triple Plate says, how long do you suspect it'll take Microsoft to roll out next-gen hardware to their data centers for use in Project xCloud? It'll... It, It'll take a while, and I don't think it's going to be like an overnight change. You can you can already like stream at high fidelity from the X Cloud. Um, the bigger challenge, I think, more than anything else, is bandwidth. So Microsoft has to figure out how to control that bandwidth usage before they can just say, "Hey, look, here's 4K, 120 hertz, 120 frames per second um, streaming." Because sure, that would be great, even if the latency is zero, but it would just destroy any bandwidth um, you have, and you would need a very fast connection to be able to sustain that. And then Mr. PKI rounding it out says, last but not least, as always, how many consumers do you think are going to proactively migrate from Chrome to Edge? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be as many as Microsoft hopes personally, because they haven't, the, the compelling argument right now is, hey, use Edge because it doesn't give your data to Google. But I don't, people are, it's people understand what Chrome is. They know that it works and it's a fine browser. The benefits of switching to edge for the average user 
are not that great. Yes, you get a better, potentially better UI and you get some better features under the hood eventually, um, but the version that shipped is still pretty vanilla. There's not a whole lot of differentiating characteristics that would have somebody uproot from Chrome and move to Edge. Yes, I know the process is easy, but you gotta remember for somebody like my parents or just the average internet user, there's no major benefit, unlike going from Internet Explorer to Chrome was many, many years ago. So I don't think that nobody will, but I don't think it's going to be we're going to see like 150 million people just switch from Chrome to Edge overnight because Microsoft made it and it's out. So uh, there you go, guys. I always love the questions. Favorite part of the week. Hit that subscribe button. We'll catch all of you right back here next time.